0: Welcome back to Pour Me Another, a podcast brought to you by some dude in an attic in the mountains of Virginia. It's John, your host, and this is the second episode of the podcast. The episode today is titled, That Shit I Like. So, you might wonder what that means. What's this episode about? Well, it's about stuff I like. (laughs) I know that I said I was going to do a format for the upcoming episodes. And I still intend to do that. I wanted to start that in April and the first Monday of April, which is actually the first day in April. So this, this episode, I just kind of wanted to go into a little more detail about some things that I like the cornerstones of my personality. Like the, the, I feel like you could tell a lot about a person by the things that they like, the things that they enjoy. And I received an enormous amount of positive feedback regarding the sort of personal intimacy of the first episode. I received a lot of positive feedback about that episode in general. And I want to say thank you to fucking every single one of you that listened and provided positive feedback, provided feedback of any kind. Uh, you know, everybody that had anything to do with it, listened to it, commented, sent me a message. I I appreciate you to the moon and back. That shit meant a lot. This is, this is like my creative outlet. It's my way of screaming into the void. This is what my experience has been like. And here's my way of telling all of you about that. And, and the fact that you guys took the time to listen to it and, and enjoyed it and commented positively about it means the fucking world to me. So, again, thank you. Now, on this episode, um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be talking about some things I like. And as you remember, in the first episode, every episode, I will have a beverage. And this episode, I decided to go with a Maker's Mark on the rocks with a splash of Coke. It's my favorite drink. I've been drinking Maker's Mark for a long time, and uh, I drink it with a splash of Coke because I am a man of refined taste. Maker's Mark is the best bourbon that you can have, in my opinion. I fucking love that shit. But I'm also kind of a trashy piece of garbage, and so I need a little bit of that Coke sweetness in there. Uh... I mean, that's just the way that I've been drinking it for as long as I can remember. Yeah, Maker's Mark rocks, Splash Coke. That's my beverage today. That's my beverage that I drink most of the time. And those of you who know me know that about me. But um, that's actually where I wanted to start the episode is uh, bourbon, alcohol, consumption of alcoholic beverages. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of the primary things that I like. And I'd like to to start by saying, first of all, alcoholism is fucking terrible. And if you have a problem with alcohol consumption, you should probably seek help. Drinking constantly, drinking all the time. If you wake up and you have the shakes and you can't live without it, then you you know you should probably consider not drinking all the time. I'm very lucky in that I don't really have that issue with alcohol consumption. Now you know what I've noticed about people that drink, is that it's it, it kind of boils down to genetics, right? Oh, sorry, I had to take a sip. Uh, there are people. That, that just can't handle alcohol consumption. And, you know, you've seen it. They, they drink and they get just sloppy and they, they lose control of themselves entirely. And then the next thing you know, they're pissing in the kitchen and cussing out their mom. And I've just, I've never been that guy. I, I you know, I, I get drunk and act a little crazy sometimes. And there've definitely been some times where I drank so much that I blacked out and peed on the carpet. But it's not something that happens all the time. I feel like, you know, for the most part, if you have... A, a general control over your alcohol consumption to the point where you're not getting DUIs and you're you're not constantly causing fights with people or punching police officers you're probably okay to drink as you know in in, in a social environment which is what I do I don't like to drink at home. I hate drinking at home. I fucking hate drinking at home alone. I feel like that is the most depressing thing in the world. It reminds me of like every miserable fuck I ever met in my life. You know he goes home and as soon as he gets home he sits down and cracks open a bush. And then the next thing you know he's put away nine of them while he's watching the History Channel. And he fucking, he throws the cans in the corner and he's, ugh. Drinking alone at home just sounds like hell. And it's not something that I do. I drink socially. I like to go out. I like to be around people when I'm consuming. And and that is one of the reasons alcohol is one of my favorite things. Is because it I always associate it with interacting with other people. And people are also one of my favorite things. I love being around people. I'm a very extroverted individual. But anyway, alcohol. A lot of the best memories I've ever had in my life, whether it was like, you know, drinking at Shady Shack down by the river when I was seventeen or uh, doing shots in South Korea, surrounded by English teachers and soldiers. Or whether I was in Middle Tennessee State University, having uh, a Maker's Mark with my very good friends Marshall and Greg and Lindsay. I know you guys might be listening. What up? I love you guys. Uh, or, or whether I was in the city of Galax, having a fucking stout at uh, one of our local breweries. It's always just been a lot of fun with you know, my friends and my family and alcohol, it's, it's that, it's that social lubricant, you know what I mean? It takes a lot of your anxieties down and it, it, it it removes a lot of your inhibitions so that you can sort of be at ease and enjoy yourself. And for an anxious fucking kind of crazy individual like myself. Yeah. I, uh, I sometimes, I sometimes need that usually about once a week. That's, that's about the most that I drink. Uh, is about once a week. The rest of the time, I'm I'm mostly you know business, and uh, yeah, when I do drink, if I have a choice, I prefer to drink bourbon. That's my that's definitely my drink of choice. When I was younger, it was vodka. I used to drink a lot of vodka tonics, and uh, when I was even younger than that, it was cheap beer because that shit. you can get what, like 32 fucking beers for $11 when I was in high school. I mean, that was a hell of a deal. And then you and all your buddies could get pounded. I I mentioned this before. There was this place called Shady Shack is where we used to drink when we were kids. And it was a big fucking river lot where you could just go down for like 10 bucks. You and all your buddies could hang out all night down there and drink. And it was a really good time. That was, that was definitely the high school hangout with Shady Shack. Um, some of the people listening are gonna be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I remember Shady Shack. But, uh, Yeah, so alcohol consumption has definitely been one of my favorite things. And every given, I'm sorry, any given Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday, you can find me out and about, having a drink, talking to my friends, hanging out with people I like. So that's the first thing on the list of items that I like. The second thing on the list of items that I like is not such a good thing. It's actually kind of a terrible thing. Not that alcohol is a fantastic thing, but the second thing is cigarettes. I fucking love cigarettes and hate them at the same time. It's definitely a love-hate relationship. But the thing about cigarettes is that usually when I drink, I also need to smoke a cigarette. And since I'm having a drink with you right now, I'm going to smoke a fucking cigarette. And also, I'm going to yell at these fucking birds outside. There's these these birds outside my window right now. And I swear to God, they're having, like, fucking bird World War II. And they're making all this fucking racket. And I don't know if you can hear it, but it's extremely distra- Shut the fuck up! I'm recording in here, you cocksuckers! Sorry if that was loud. Anyway. What was I talking about? Cigarette. Right. Anyway. Okay. So I'm going to smoke a cigarette while I talk to you. Since I'm trying- I want this to be as authentic as possible. Right? For the people- who can't be here in the the city of Galax that I I care about? Who are listening and who would love to have a drink and a cigarette with me? I'm gonna have a cigarette. So, as a, we're being real fucking authentic here, people. Look, it's a terrible fucking habit. I don't recommend it. I really only smoke these days when I drink, and and those of you who drink and smoke understand that struggle. You, it's it's fucking it's almost impossible to, for me. To drink and not have some kind of nicotine. And here's the thing. I quit smoking for about eight months in the recent past. And I fully intend to quit again completely. Uh, But every now and then, I I really get to a point in my life where I need to fucking indulge. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've been super stressed out lately between work and some personal things going on in my life. So lately, I'm I'm, I'm definitely having some cigarettes with my bourbon. Okay, so cigarettes. I'll tell you. I didn't smoke uh, for most of my youth until I was about 17 years old. And it was while I was up in New Hampshire going to school that I started. And I can remember, you know, my parents smoked when I was a kid. And so I thought as a kid, you know, "Ah, I'm never going to smoke. It's just, it seems so unhealthy and it it makes me smell like dirt. And, you know, fuck that. I don't want to do that. Then I got to college. And if you remember, I was kind of fucking going crazy in college just experiencing all the new things like smoking weed and spending hours at a time on my bed with a laptop playing video games when I should have been studying for class anyway uh a lot of the people that I hung out with that first year of college were smokers and they were all so cool man they were fucking northerners they were hip they had that shit going on and so I saw this and I wanted to be a part of that so bad so I uh I remember I smoked a cigarette for the first time It was a Camel Light. It was the first cigarette that I ever smoked, which is ironically the cigarettes that Paul smoked, my stepdad I told you guys about. And uh, I lit it up and I smoked it and I got the most ridiculous fucking nicotine high. And it was like, oh my God, it was wonderful. I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed the shit out of it. And so the second one I smoked was just as good and the third one and the fourth one. And then, you know, fast forward 13 fucking years later, I'm still kind of a smoker that's how it happens. That's how addiction happens. And between alcohol and cigarettes, those are two things that I like that I mean, I'm not an asshole, right? I'm not an idiot. I know if I wanted to be a completely healthy individual, a wholesome, healthy individual, I'd give up smoking and drinking altogether and never look back. And there are a lot of people in this world that do that. And it it does wonders for their life. And I very well may come to that in my life. But at this point, I feel like, God, fuck, I just, every, I sometimes I really, really need a, a strong ass makers and a cigarette. And so that might just be addiction talking, you know? <laughs> I, I might just be voicing the dopamine cycle right now. But at any rate, those are some things that I like, cigarettes and alcohol. So now you know a little bit more about the kind of awful habits that, I regularly entertain. Most of you probably already knew this shit about me. But anyway, cigarettes, yeah. So um, after I started smoking, I kind of fell in love with, like, the, the sort of romantic, cool vibe that comes with smoking. Isn't that so fucking cliche? Isn't that what they fucking told us to avoid when we were kids? It doesn't make you cool, man. It's awful. It's going to give you lung cancer. And they're probably right. I'll probably end up with lung cancer or COPD at some point. But... Fucking everything kills everybody all the time now. So what doesn't give me cancer? I mean, fuck, everything that I consume these days, I feel like it's probably going to give me cancer. I chew a piece of gum. Oh, well, oh, guess what? You just got fucking gum cancer, asshole. Oh, you know, I, uh, I I watch too much porn and jerk off. Guess what? You've got dick cancer, fucker. You know, like everything is cancer these days. And I know, I know, cigarettes are one of those things that's like really high on the cancer scale. And I'm working, I'm working, man. I'm doing the very best I can. I mean, we're talking about a, an addiction that I've had for a long time, it's not easily broken, and and when I'm stressed out, I revert back to it, so here we are, anyway, yeah, cigarettes, I know, I need to quit, eventually I will, and I'll tell you all about it when I do, but, so those are a couple of things that I like, uh, the next thing on the list of that shit I like is airplanes, yeah, I gotta talk about airplanes, because that's an enormous part of who I am, And put that out, I don't want to blow in your ear any more than I already have. Okay, airplanes. When did that start? Why does John Lale love fucking airplanes? Everybody that's ever known me knows this about me, that I am obsessed and always have been obsessed with things that fly. And I'll tell you, it started, I, I bet subconsciously it probably started in North Dakota, where I was born, because I was born on an Air Force base, right? And it was uh, Grand Forks, which is, uh, at the time, I think it was Strategic Air Command. So they had B-52s, which is a great big bomber airplane with eight jet engines. And we still use them. I think it's like the second oldest or the oldest aircraft still regularly used and heavily in service in the United States military. It's a giant bomber. And I think they also had F-16s and B-1s. So those are like fighters and another bomber aircraft. But anyway, like, so imagine, you know, when you're a baby the first, like, sounds and smells and scents probably heavily imprint on you. Well, one of the first things I can remember hearing when I was itty-bitty is the sound of turbine aircraft arriving and departing at Grand Forks Air Force Base. And, you know, what's interesting is years later, when I was at college in Nashville, New Hampshire, uh, the Boar Field is the name of the airport at that school, and I listened to business-class jets take off and land at that airport. And I remember that was the first thing I'd wake up to every morning. It would seem like I would hear it. And it was the most comforting sound in the world, hearing turbine engines coming and going, God damn, I fuck, I still fucking love that shit. But so that was probably the beginning. But I remember the first time I can remember being absolutely obsessed was when we were living in Maryland. My mom took me to the Aberdeen Proving grounds and they had an air show going on. And, Uh, you know, I'm, I remember seeing planes flying over and the sound of the jets and there were prop planes too, but mom put me in the cockpit of an Apache helicopter. And I remember like they walk, okay. It was either an Apache helicopter or a Cobra gunship. I can't exactly remember which one it was. And for those of you who don't know what those are, uh, they're attack helicopters. These are helicopters with, you know, little winglets that they mount missiles and they've got this big fucking gun under the nose and they're used for close air support. They blow up shit and they shoot, you know, tanks and infantry. They're just, they're badass helicopters. You've seen them in movies. But the Cobra is like the Marine Corps thing and the Apache is the army thing. And so it was either a Cobra or an Apache. I can't remember exactly because I was three fucking years old. I just remember it was an attack helicopter and they put me in the gun, the gunner seat. So in these in both of those helicopters, the pilot sits in the back and the gunner sits up front. And that's called in tandem. They sit in tandem and they put me in the one up front where the gunner's equipment is and it has this big sight where you can like look through it and see what that chain gun on the nose is looking at. Right. So I remember I peeped into the gun site and I saw this like crosshair with all these numbers and things. It was the coolest fucking thing that had ever happened to a three-year-old in the whole goddamn world. It was ridiculous. It was so cool. And there's all these military guys, this like army dude, like helped me up into the thing and I'm sitting in this big seat and there's this like flight stick in front of me and the collective is off to the left. And I'm just like, I'm going nuts. Like I couldn't fucking believe it. And then the next thing, was the cockpit of an F15. She put me in the cockpit of an F15. C. It would have, it was probably a C model cuz I only had one seat. But but that is a fighter jet. The F15 is like, you know, it was the backbone of the United States Air Force still probably is. And I, I mean, I was just I was out of my fucking mind. I, it was the coolest thing that I'd ever seen in my life, and that was it. Fucking forget it. John didn't John was never obsessed about anything else. Little John, <laughs> I'm referring to myself in the third person like an asshole right now, but but childhood John was never obsessed with anything else as much as he was obsessed with airplanes and fighter jets and Apache helicopters. And and from that point on, that's what I wanted to do with my life was be a pilot. Now, there was another period of my life where I was obsessed with something else. didn't quite go to the same level as fighter jets, but dinosaurs. Oh my God. When Jurassic Park came out, and I saw Jurassic Park. I wanted to be a paleontologist, archaeologist, so bad. It, like, consumed my soul for a while. Where I just wanted to dig up dinosaurs. But truth about that job is not nearly as exciting as being a pilot, right? Like, you, you fucking you go to the desert and you dig up bones. And you're like, oh, my God. Look, this is the dick bone of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. How cool is that? And that's your job. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, fuck, that's boring. I want to be a fighter pilot. So I pretty much fighter pilot, pilot, aviation After that first, oh man, experience of sitting in the cockpit of some military-grade aircraft, I was hooked. I was obsessed. And uh, that never went away. All the way through adulthood, I still, I'd give my left nut right now to be a fucking fighter pilot. I just, I kind of missed that window. I'm 32. I'm too old for it. I could still fly helicopters for the Army. I'm young enough for that. But I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm an anxious dude. I still have the panic attacks when I fly. So... It doesn't look like that's gonna work out for John. There's that third-person thing again. It doesn't look like I'm gonna be able to fly uh, military aircraft. I probably won't be able to get that one under my belt. But at the same time, it, it's probably better. I I don't know that I want to fucking kill people from six miles away with a hellfire missile that they never see coming. It doesn't sound like a nice way to <laughs> live my life. Although, you know, I don't know. It might be pretty cool. Anyway, that that was that was the beginning of aviation and it just, it, it stayed with me. Like when I was in high school, I built a lot of model airplanes and I have an enormous wealth of knowledge regarding military aircraft, especially, but just planes and aviation and and, and, and more so now because I, I got my degree in that. That was my you know major in school. I was a pro pilot major and then I was a flight dispatcher. I have an enormous wealth of knowledge about aviation for a guy my age. And it all started when I was younger so airplanes I fucking love airplanes specifically military aircraft I fucking love military aircraft they're so cool they go so fast and they do crazy shit and they do barrel rolls and they dogfight. you know movies like Top Gun and Independence Day. Holy shit, did they they drive that one deeper? You guys remember Independence Day? I, I want to do a whole episode on Independence Day and why Independence Day is one of the greatest fucking movies of all time. But one of the, one of the best parts of Independence Day is all the dogfighting. F18s, man. That's the coolest fighter jet I'd ever seen in my life when Independence Day. I was 10 years old when that movie came out. You got Will Smith. He's flying a fucking F18. He's dogfighting Randy or was it Randy? Yeah, Randy Quaid, a cousin Eddie, he's a fucking drunk fighter pilot who flies the F18 up the alien ass all right you alien assholes you know like god damn what a movie it was great but the the dog fighting and the fighter jets in that that movie were oh god the coolest fucking thing i'd ever seen when i was 10 years old so yeah it seemed like every at every point in my life something else just kind of like pushed me towards being a pilot I, i played a lot of flight simulators when i was a kid you know i was that little nerd who had a a joystick ...on the the desk of my computer... ...and and I was sitting there flying in in flight simulators... ...like flying an (laughs) X-Wing... ...flying an X-Wing until 2 o'clock in the fucking morning... ...driving my parents crazy... ...and uh, yeah... ...speaking of X-Wings... ...I'm going to talk about another thing that I like... ...Star Wars... ...fucking Star Wars... ...Star Wars was definitely a huge part of my childhood and the the fighter pilot component there is a really really important part of that but the whole fucking thing was sort of the beginning star wars was really like the beginning of where i formulated the kind of entertainment that i was going to be into as a grown up as 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 a, 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 i mean after i saw star wars i was pretty much changed. <laughs> I and, and so, okay, I, I can argue this with my brother and sister. They, think, they seem to think that the first time we watched Star Wars was at like Thanksgiving or something with my family. That is not the first time we saw Star Wars, okay? The first time we saw Star Wars, mom and Paul, I think it was some of Paul's friends, they invited the family over for like, they wanted to hang out, right? And, and have beers and talk and have a good time, right? But they had the kids to worry about, right? So, they did what any normal family in the '90s would do. Is this? This these people had this like basement that was really like hippie, with like the door had one of those like fucking blankets, you know, <laughs> instead of a door there was a blanket. Was and and they had like lava lamps and weird mood lighting. I remember, and I'm telling you, like my family that did not have it. Fucking, I remember this vividly. But they had a they had a big screen TV. You remember the big like, projection, flat panel, big screen TVs back in the day, they had one of those. And they had, like, two, like, what are they called? The big fucking monolith speakers on either side of this giant television set. They sat us down, and they turned on Star Wars. And I watched, me and my brother and sister watched Star Wars for the first time that I can recollect. And I was just, I was fucking lost Again, same thing with the, the cockpit of the F-15 and the Apache helicopter. I was fucking lo- I was like, what is this incredible shit that I'm witnessing right now? These guys have swords that are made out of fucking lasers. And what is that spaceship? <laughs> it's like a flying pizza. And there's a giant fuzzy thing flying. It's going... Rrr, rrr, rrr. It was a, like, what the fuck? It was mind-blowing. It was, it was just a a kind of entertainment I had never experienced before. And it was so big and epic and... It's a story of this, like, young guy who's just completely fed up with his bullshit-ass life, fucking dirt farming on planet fucking Sandpit. And he's just like, I want to fucking go to the Academy and and fight the fucking Empire. And so then his aunt and uncle get wasted and this crazy old man in the desert's like, come on, we're going on an adventure. And so then they take off into the stars on this beat-up fucking spaceship and they go kick the shit out of the Empire and he ends up a fighter pilot. I mean, like, think about Star Wars, right? Like, this kid goes from, like, Street to seat, right? Fucking, he's 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 a he's a turd fucking dirt farmer one day, and then after some some shit happens, (laughs) the old man, the fuzzy monster thing, the little robot beep boop beep, and then the next thing you know, this kid's a fucking combat pilot, and it happens in like seven minutes, and and then he's a fighter pilot, and so he's got he's flying this fucking fighter jet into into space. And he's taking on the goddamn empire, and he's going up against a fucking battle station that's as big as a moon, and he's got to blow it up. Imagine the fucking pressure. Just, just try to put yourself in that seat. Try Think about when you were like 19, 20 years old. What was the most fucking intense thing that you had to deal with? Like for me, it was like getting my driver's license and not catching an STD. For this kid, he had to save the fucking galaxy from the most destructive battle station, and, and he does it. He fucking does it he he gets in that goddamn X wing this fucking twenty year old kid and he just he butt rapes the Empire he puts a fucking proton torpedo in their exhaust port and and sends them all straight to hell. God damn, what a great story, and then at the end, like, the hot princess puts the fucking, you know, the metal on his neck, and fucking Chewbacca is, like, standing up there, and the fucking robots are there, and Hansa's new best friend, who's, like, this crazy, wild, super good-looking smuggler pilot guy is there, and, I mean, it was sad, you know, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi dies, right, that fucking sucks, but... Like, the whole concept of that first episode of Star Wars, A New Hope, was just fan-fucking-tastic. And then I remember that night at the Hippie House with the big screen TV, we watched fucking the first episode of Star Wars, and then we watched The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, and, like, the first episode of Star Wars was amazing, but The Empire Strikes Back is, in my opinion, the best episode of Star Wars. Star Wars episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film and you fucking fight me if you disagree. That is it was it was a masterpiece of cinematic entertainment and that first sequence with the fucking AT-AT walkers the big metal walkers ka-tronk, ka-tronk, and they're like menacing they're like coming at the fucking base echo base it's just and all these guys are like getting online like oh, okay, get right, ready they're fucking coming we going to shoot these guys in the dick and then like these fucking di- and then Luke Skywalker he's back oh cool Luke's back Han's back oh shit it's all the people that I love oh shit and Han Solo's like flirting with Princess Leia and it was awesome it was such great and it was giving her so much shit and she couldn't handle it you could like the the the, the sexual tension between between these two people is like palpable and then this huge battle right and luke skywalker goes out in the snow speeder and use your harpoon and toe cables go for the legs and they they bring that motherfucker down and poor dak man dak he was so ready to kill the empire that backseater guy with luke skywalker but he dies before he even gets a fucking shot off man that's isn't that just war in a nutshell you can be the most well-trained professional soldier in the world, and just by happenstance, you'll catch a bullet between your eyes. I know that's really depressing, but that's what happened to Dak. Poor Dak. Anyway, the Empire, man, between the fucking the snow speeders and the the walkers and the the harpoons and tow cables, and and then you know they end up in Cloud City. There's that whole Dagobah thing. You meet fucking Yoda. God, what a fantastic sequence that was. This, like crazy. He goes to Dagobah to meet this great Jedi Master, right, Yoda, and and he lands in this jungle fucking planet. Like that's one of the cool things about Star Wars is that everywhere they go, it's it's like this new unique location. And so in, in Empire, you had the snow planet, and then you had the fucking swamp planet, and this little swamp critter comes crawling out. Can I get your ship out? And he's, like, eating his food, and it turns out that that's the fucking guy. That's the big Jedi Master. That was so cool. And he's, like, teaching Luke all kinds of flips and shit, and he's, like, learning him a, a Jedi. And it, it's it, it just it, it's so great. And And then fucking, you know, you had Darth Vader. He finally like has his showdown on Cloud City with Darth Vader, and you know, no, I'm your daddy, bitch. It was ah oh, mind blowing, right? Like this bad guy, the the fucking bad guy is his dad. What? What are you fucking talking about? That's his dad. The big black guy is his dad. That does it That's fucking crazy. Yeah, Star Wars. That was those were the two that we watched. And I remember when I was a kid, my favorite really was Return of the Jedi. You know, with the little Ewoks, I if I can, the speeder chase through the forest and the final showdown with the Emperor and that big, man, the, the star battle in Return of the Jedi was probably one of the best star battles of any movie. God, it was so good. But yeah, Star Wars, it was science fiction space opera is what george wanted it to be george lucas the, the creator of star wars and he nailed it right that's exactly what it turned into was this big epic story about love and hate and war and and romance and friendship and courage and it was just fucking perfectly masterfully put together and but not only that it had these like incredible special effects that you know had never been done for its time and as a kid watching that and i'm sure that you know, for every kid that watches Star Wars, even now the same thing happens. You're just overwhelmed by the, the ridiculous majesty of this entire story. And it really became the bedrock of my taste in movies. Honestly, my favorite genre of film and television to this day is science fiction. I fucking love science fiction. It's just, it's the best. And, and even now, like I remember when Star Wars Rogue Squadron came out, or Rogue One, Rogue One, the scene where the dog, the, like the X-Wings fly in and they start dogfighting. I get so fucking giddy when I see X-Wings on screen doing their thing. I, st- I get, I'm, I'm like a little kid and I start to jump around and I'm like, Oh my fucking God! I can't deal with it. It's, it's too much. It's powerful for me, you know? So yeah, Star Wars is and always will be one of my favorite things in the whole fucking world. And even some, you know, the newer ones, like Force Awakens was all right. I liked it and then the last Jedi it, it just it broke my heart. So I'm really hoping that they they fix it with the the upcoming film. But anyway, yeah. That that was, that was that was a big piece in the entertainment world. A lot of the TV shows that I watch now, a lot of the movies that I've enjoyed since, you know, that whole science fiction thing. Star Wars is one of the reasons I was so crazy about Independence Day. Is because it was, you know, I fell in love with science fiction way early on. And then everything science fiction that came out after that, I was so excited. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, new science fiction movie, starships and aliens and fucking chicks with three tits or whatever, you know, like it just became very, just, you know, it's that, that's that cornerstone of of entertainment for me. So thank you, Star Wars. Fucking love you, Star Wars. Star Wars also is probably, it was the beginning of like my nerdism. Because I really consider myself to be a great big fucking potsy like nerd. I I love nerdy shit. I like right now, if you if you go into my my living quarters, I've set up this like ultimate nerd man cave where I have a humongous tel- high definite four K definite you know, ridiculous T V, monster TV, and I have this crazy surround sound system and uh, I have a, a, a PC that I can play Video games on, and I have virtual reality with that room scale, so I can like stand up and like sword fight and fucking shoot guns and uh, you know I have Xbox and I'm just I I got into nerdy things and Star Wars was probably the beginning of that, but one of the one of the nerdy things that I I I have adored my entire life is video games. I fucking love video games. I fucking love video games. I I remember. When I was a kid, the first video game that we ever had was an Atari 2600. And we played, God, some of the games on that thing were fucking terrible, honestly, man. It was so fucking bad. It was just trash. Like, it was bad because, like, I was playing it in the 90s, so it was pretty goddamn outmoded by that, but look, there's this one obnoxious ass Indiana Jones game where you'd be like trying to bop around the cave and try to get the key, but there was this fucking snake that would always eat you, and it was like the first time I can remember wanting to throw a remote through a fucking television set was playing that goddamn Indiana Jones game, that little fucking retarded snake would always jack my shit up. God, it was awful, but yeah, we had Atari, I remember we played a Pac-Man on Atari, which was awesome, and uh, the Frogger, I loved Frogger, you know, so there were some games on Atari that were cool, and, and, and actually... I, I now have um, uh, I, it was given to me as a Christmas present uh, like a modern handheld thing where you can play the old Atari games and man that was a super wave of nostalgia going back and playing these old Atari games thanks mom I appreciate it uh, but uh, yeah Atari was the first one that we ever had but you know what honestly with thinking back like the first real video game experience I had was probably on an Apple IIe do you remember Apple IIe's the, the old it was like the app, you know, Apple now, the Apple that makes the iPhone in their early years, they made computers and well, they still make computers, but like, that's how they got famous. And, and one of their first big computers was the Apple E, which was like this big beige fucking tank box computer thing with a little screen. And it only displayed in black and green. Uh, and there were these games on that fucking turd bucket computer and I remember you had to you had the floppy disk the big black floppy disk and you had to you gotta feed it the hot dog before you give it to donut and then you shove it in the fucking thing and you close a little trap and the first one that I really remember being crazy about was goddamn Oregon Trail (laughs) fucking Oregon Trail don't you ever ford that river don't you ever ford that fucking river Oh oh no oh no little Timmy got typhoid pneumonia yeah, yeah, he's dying. He's got he's got dysentery. He's he's shitting his liver out his asshole. It's a fucking bad day for little Timmy. You know, you'd always name your characters after your friends in school. So, like, my characters would always be, like, Matthew and Shane and Brandon. And, and like, when one of your friends died, it was so goddamn funny. Like, Shane got dysentery and then he, he fucking died. <laughs> Fuck you, Shane. You died of the flu. What a pussy. And uh... <laughs> And then, of course, the best part of the game was the hunting, right? And you would go out with your little gun you take like 140 bullets and you'd fucking shoot like every animal on the screen and you kill like 2,000 pounds of meat and you'd be like, you shot 2,000 pounds of meat. But because you're a complete pussy, you were only able to bring back 31 pounds of meat. And you're like, God damn it, I wasted like 48 rounds. I shot so many fucking, there was like a littered fucking battlefield of dead rabbits in that bitch and I was only able to bring back 30 pounds of meat. This is a fucking jip." Okay, Oregon Trail, you suck. But yeah, Oregon Trail was awesome on the Apple IIe. What a fun game. There were there were a few others that are memorable, but that one was the, the one that really stood out. And so then, right, like, later on, you had the Nintendo, and everybody played Nintendo, that little Italian fucker that liked to break bricks and collect coins, Mario. We all played Mario. We didn't have Nintendo at the house until later on, though. We never had an NES or a Super NES. We had a Nintendo 64. Um, we had a, Well, first we had a Sega Saturn, and it was cool. There were, there were games on the Sega Saturn that were fun, but, like, a lot of you guys probably wouldn't even know the Sega Saturn games because it was kind of small. It really got wiped out by the PlayStation and then the Nintendo 64, which is what we ended up getting. And I remember the ones, the games on Nintendo 64 that we were obsessed with was like Rogue Squadron, which was amazing because you could fucking use your harpoons and tow cables, go for the legs and take down ATATs, you can fly the Millennium Falcon and X-wings and shit was great, man. Rogue Squadron was fun and GoldenEye, everybody played GoldenEye and everybody played um, Star Fox. You guys remember Star Fox? Do a barrel roll! So yeah, Nintendo 64 was fucking fantastic. But I remember the first time that i played video games like way longer than i should have was on our computer our pc computer at home and going back to star wars again one of the games that we played like just out of control was this game called x-wing versus tie fighter and it was a combat flight simulator and you were an x-wing pilot and so you i sat in this chair in front of uh, my computer desk with a joystick and I would fly this X-Wing. And, and I remember we had this fucking setup where Paul's recliner was behind me and my chair had its back to his and I'd be flying this and if I moved or, you know, fucked, Paul would swipe behind his head, like, he wouldn't even turn around, he would, like, try to swat my head from behind to stop, to get me to stop fucking moving around in this, this, flying this X-Wing, and I can't remember how many times, like, he'd be sitting there drinking a beer, and he'd, like, smack me in the side of the head for fucking moving around too much while I was flying my X-Wing, but, uh, yeah, that, that was the first time I stayed up way late playing video games, was definitely flying an X-Wing, and then, um, the Xbox, I remember the Xbox came out and uh we, we wanted the xbox really fucking bad and this was in high school and the game that we wanted to play was halo i'm sorry yeah it was halo <laughs> uh halo for those of you who don't know what halo is it's this ridiculous science fiction first person shooter where you're like in space and there's this like whole alien war going on, and you have to like f- fucking stop these bad aliens. Anyway, uh, when it came out, it was like the best game of the time. Everybody was raving it was going nuts about Halo. Like, you gotta get Halo. It's the best video game we've ever played. And so me and my brother were like, we're getting fucking Halo. And we begged our mom to get us an Xbox. And so she got us an Xbox for Christmas that year. I would have been like 13 years old. And the first game we got was, of course, Halo. Oof, that was, that was a little rough there. That was strong. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so we got Halo. And I remember it was Christmas Day that we got Halo. And me and Joseph sat down in front of our television on this Xbox and beat the game in one sitting. We played it on Christmas Day from, like, 8 o'clock in the morning until, like, 9 o'clock at night. We played the whole fucking thing through. And I remember the first time I played it, like, you go into this... The first battle is like in this like lunchroom on a spaceship. <laughs> it's like the fucking chow hall. And you go in and it it's just like instant video game chaos where you're being bombarded with just aliens and grenades. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. And I remember me and Joe were playing split screen and we were communicating. They're, they're on the left. They're on the right. Jesus Christ, there's a big one over there. You better fucking shoot that thing. And, and so then it, 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 it was just it was wild, man. It was so much fucking fun. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Halo was just, it was a whole new kind of video game. It was really, the enemies were really smart and they did crazy things you weren't used to. And the graphics were really, really good for the day. And it just like kind of started this like change in video games where they became a lot more serious and a lot more intense. And uh, I've, I've just kind of been playing them ever since. <laughs> it's funny, you know, like I think about like the older generations and what was popular when they were young and how that, those things like, stayed a part of their, you know, life into adulthood, right? Like, maybe cars, or, uh, you know, rampant alcoholism, or, uh, I don't know, fishing, <laughs> whatever. For us, for our generation, video games has become one of those things. It's perfectly normal that I'm a 32-year-old guy who plays a ton of Xbox. And as an adult, video games for me has, has become something else entirely. Um, what happened was you know they started the online gaming and so you were suddenly able to play with people all over the world including people that you knew and so that's really what video games have become for me is a way for me to sit down and talk to buddies and friends that I can't see anymore who are far away and but at the same time we're like shooting people in the face or in the dick, wherever, and it's it's a magical experience. I, I imagine like back in the day, buddies that needed to stay in touch, they like call each other on the phone, they like dial up on that corded line, and sit there and have a drink together on the phone and talk some shit, and then hang up. Well, I mean, it's basically the same thing. The difference is I'm in Xbox Party Chat, and uh, I'm meanwhile I'm shooting stuff. You know, so that's that's the best part of video games for me is that I get to play them with other people. I get to play with friends. It's really become my favorite way to um, relax and chill out and enjoy the company of others. Yeah, I love playing video games with my friends. And that ties into another thing that I want to tell you that I like. I like you. <laughs> I like people. I fucking love people, man. Every, every stage of my life, every experience that I've ever had has been augmented by the presence of others. I think that in the history of humanity and in the universe, really, I guess, the only thing that made any of this worthwhile was each other, other people. I Everywhere I've ever been, I've always managed to find my people. It's probably because I'm like a massive extrovert and I just go out of my way to make friends and um, find new folks to hang out with and enjoy life with. And I'm really lucky in that respect because I feel like loneliness is probably... A, a huge contributor to a lot of the problems the world has, right? People feel isolated. And so then they, they go down darker paths for me. It, it hasn't been like that. I've always had company. I've always had good people that I love, good friends that I enjoy in my life. And as a result of that, my adoration for the human species is just unending. I, there's so many good fucking cool people out there. I, I think like one of the greatest tragedies of being human is knowing you're never going to get to meet them all. Because there's so many interesting, unique, intelligent, funny, fun humans out there. And even the ones that are miserable fucks have something to offer. I mean, it's the human species is fantastic. The universe experiencing itself, and we're all here together. I love people. And most especially, I love women. For all the ladies out there listening to this transmission, I just want to say I fucking love you creatures. You are the greatest thing in the world. You're so soft and warm and you smell good and you're pretty and I, I like your hair. I fucking, I, when I was a kid, I remember my obsession with women <laughs> and girls it started early real early. Uh, My my family will will attest to this. I I used to have this like fucking tick where if I was walking down the hallway and I saw a pretty girl, my mouth would like curve up into a smile on the side that the girl was passing. Okay. And as an adult, that kind of giddy obsession (laughs) still kind of remains. I... I don't think that there'll ever be a time and I'll be an old ass man and I'll still look at pretty girls and just get a a warm, fluttery little fucking feeling inside of me that says, oh, I just want to talk to her. I want to tell her that her hair looks nice. You know, I love the ladies and I've had some requests to uh, to dig into my love life and my sex life. And that's I'm not I'm not sure I'm ready. To share that one with the universe, and the internet at large, because a you know some of my family members are listening to this, and b uh it's kind of a crazy story, man. It's it's intense, it's definitely intense. It's not for the faint of heart, and uh, so you know I I might if the demand is is high enough, I <laughs> start talking about that aspect of my existence. But for the time being, we'll just leave it at the fact that I adore the ladies. So it, it, people, but people in general, really, and. You know, I, I I want you to know, all of you listening right now, that being able to do this and being able to reach out to you and have you listen to my stories and listen to my voice and hear my, my words is it's a kind of validation that I'm I'm sharing pieces of myself and hopefully in the future pieces of other people with all of you. And that is a gift. That really is a fucking gift. It's a gift that not a lot of people ever have. Most men lead lives of quiet desperation. That's a quote that I'll go back to again and again. And it's probably the quote that that, that is like at the core of my drive for doing this. I refuse, and I always have, to live a life where I am quiet and I am desperate. I'm not going to fucking be that person. So thank you for for participating in my expression. My expression of myself and my expression of my adoration for you, my expression of my adoration for all the other people out there, except for guys like Hitler, man, fuck Hitler (laughs) and fuck everybody like him. So anyway, uh, that's all I really have. I'm kind of out of things to talk about (laughs) for this episode. Oh shit. Do you know what I just did? Like a fucking idiot. I ashed my cigarette in my glass of bourbon. God Damn it! I guess that means I need to go make another one, motherfucker. Anyway, I guess that's the universe telling me I should probably quit smoking, huh? I just wasted a perfectly good glass of fine Kentucky bourbon. Well, all right, that's uh, that's this episode, and uh, next episode will be on the first of April, I hope. Um, and and I'll uh, I'll I'll by then I'll have created uh, more of a format. Um, regarding those like little sub things like asshole of the month and douchebags of history and the airplane of the month. So, uh, thank you for listening. Um, go ahead and uh, subscribe to me on uh, Spotify and uh, be sure and share it. Give it a five star review. The better the review, the more people will see it. And, uh, you know, let's try and grow this thing so that in the future I might be able to expand it and uh, maybe attract some, some really cool interviewees and see where this whole little adventure in podcasting goes. So once again, thank you very much for listening, and I hope all of you have a fantastic week.